the only problem with this is the fact that um, they're cardio microphones, which mm-hmm. means they pick up a lot of, you, you might notice, a lot of oh, yeah. like, surround sound noise. Um, you can get super cardio microphones, and actually in the taxi on the way over, I was looking at them, but the one I want, which is 450 quid. You're saying you, do, you weren't making small talk in the taxi? Uh, I was in the second taxi ride. I, I haven't, <laughs> what? haven't elaborated on this. Did you actually get this. out of the taxi and order a new taxi? No, well, I didn't. I got out of the taxi and ordered the same taxi because he was around the oh, corner. Oh, that's so, 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 so awkward. So, well, he rocked up and I went, yeah, this I'm is, just... He went, this to, is, he went, I went to, to the wrong place. Okay. It, it literally wasn't too bad getting that's back really in. That's really annoying. But um, it was mildly annoying, yes. Yeah. But especially when I got out and went... Wrong place, damn it. <sighs> oh, you actually got out with everything. I've done that before as well, where I've been dropped off like th- four or five streets away and just got out of the taxi and pretended like I knew where I was going. Oh, and then went, oh I mean, oh, well, I'll, it's fine. Everything's fine. I'm just going to go now. And then yeah. I just walk off. I'll, I'll just, just walk and then walk for like 15 minutes to the place where I was actually uh, headed. This, this uh, is, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Said, just not quite done. Look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> this is Money for Old Rope, a podcast ostensibly about idioms. This week, hosted by three of your favourite people, Adam, Deborah, and Terence. Hello. For the first time ever, Deborah Hello. and Terence in the same room. It's Hello. Really what? <laughs> for the first time ever. <laughs> so Magic. you guys have never met before. So. <laughs> Obviously not. No. How are you? Do you have two legs? <laughs> no, I five. Oh, there's Blackburn in it. <laughs> Tarantula time. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, Deborah, what's your idiom? My idiom is to lead someone down the garden path. Nice. Ooh. Terence, what's your uh, idiom? To take it with a grain of salt. Apparently we haven't done it. Okay, we've definitely had a salt-based idiom before. Mine is push the boat out. Push the boat out? I'm really and pushing the boat out. never this. return. What else would you do with the boat? Uh, I don't know. Interesting question. Should we start with mine? <laughs> All right, then, let's do it. <laughs> I think we might. This could get dark. This could get real, real strange. What right. is push the boat out? When would you push the boat out? What does push the boat out like mean? It's going, like going the extra, doing the extra bit, going the extra mile. Go let's extra just mile. think outside the box, guys. Oh, that's not the same. And, like, also, and just really push the boat out. That's oh. not the same at all. No, no, no it's just like something people of would use in oh, that situation. You mean like a marketing manager? Mm. Apparently, they have to be super nasal. In Terence's world. Super nasal. You have to go into your nose. That wasn't nasal. That was somewhere in the back of my throat. But you get the idea. So, push the boat out. You reckon it means... um, Going the extra mile. I'm using idioms to describe idioms. We do do that frequently. Yeah. Terence, mm. what do you what do you actually think it means other than uh, just a collection of marketing strings? <laughs> I can't really go beyond that. It's pretty much just a, a series of um, creative missteps. <laughs> you just he really pushed the boat out and it was... <laughs> Awful. Yes. You know that, that Michael quote from um, the American version of The Office where he says, sometimes I start sentences and never know where they're going to end up or something along Oh, yeah, that's every that's Terrence, sentence. Terence's life forever. <laughs> Just start saying words and hopefully somehow at the end of it some wisdom will, will prevail. It's like politicians, isn't it? How's that, how's <laughs> that working saying. out for you? Is that working out well? Oh, so I don't know. I'm not here, sure. aren't I? <laughs> He's still got his legs. Yeah. All five. <laughs> both got five legs. Um, yeah, be enthusiastic in your spending or your sharing of wealth is the first definition. So it's specifically about wealth. Oh, money. What? Yeah. Pushing the boat out is specifically sharing the wealth around. I've um, never heard of that. Yeah. Now, I've put here that I also heard it used uh, by way of expressing enthusiasm for something, which is more the sort of way that you guys were going about it. Um, mm. You're being enthusiastic about something. He really pushed the boat out on this project, that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, going doing something extra. It's not really 
spending extra. Maybe it's pushing the boat out beyond reach. So it's like, oh <laughs> it's gone too far. <laughs> this ship has sailed. <laughs> oh no, too many boating metaphors. God, I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> yeah. We could just do sea shanties for the rest of the podcast if you we want. Could. How many sea shanties do you know? Uh, little to none. I could make some up. <laughs> um, we're on the sea. It's great. We're having a great time on the sea. Oh no, I've got the lurgy. There's an octopus squid. Where's my lemons? I'll kill the squid with my lemons. Yo ho ho. Lemons don't We're worry. destitute. <laughs> this captain did never get rickets, for he had so many lemons. Scurvy, that's the one I wanted. <laughs> that was what you were aiming I've for. got every disease under the sun, apart from the one that my son has. And now he's dead. <laughs> that was grim. But now he's space pirate. Ghost. <laughs> Okay, maybe that was another. I really like space pirate ghosts. Not knowing where I was going. <laughs> so yeah, being enthusiastic in your spending or sharing of your wealth. Mm. Um, with that in Denied. mind, with that in mind, <laughs> that actual proper definition Tory. of the term. <laughs> where do you think it comes from? Sharing of wealth—that's the main definition. Yeah, yeah, the proper definition. It always meant that. Yeah, yeah you're being enthusiastic about. Your, so if you're in a if you're in a pub and somebody puts the credit card behind the bar. Pushing the boat out would be, you know, everybody getting a load of drinks on them. I can't put these two things in my head. I just so I've, I've just been using it wrong all you're this just, time. You're just disagreeing with the internet, Terence. So I hope you're happy with yourself. How ma- how many internets? Um, five. Five, five internets. Yeah, same number right, of legs. Fair. It, it's possible that me and Terence specifically in our home situation have just been using this phrase and reiterating the wrong phrase thinking to each other outs- over and over again. Yeah, thinking in a very creative way and really pushing the ball out and going beyond what you'd normally beyond do. Beyond reach, maybe. Mm. Right, so origin, Terence, tell me. Oh, I don't know. Maybe so, it's when you, you know, you do that thing with the champagne. Oh, right. You smash it on the boat. Well, you're just kind of pushing it. You're it like, used to be just used, be a big novelty hand in the past. Such a <laughs> giant, you're such a giant bottle of champagne that actually just, because you've, you know, you've gone with the extra mile. You've spent crack, the extra money. You, you smack it into the side of the boat and it just pushes it. What boat's made it of? into the water. Is it fiberglass? Did you say now? what a boat's made of? Yeah, now. You can like, make a boat out of anything that floats. Okay, it's like a hat. Yeah, but most of them is are made of... Is it a boat until you put it in the water? I think most of them are made of fiberglass, right? <laughs> is it a boat until you... Oh, God. Does that mean you can make a hat a boat if you can float in it? Sure. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because uh, a hat could be a boat. God, that's such a terrible, terrible conversation. Were you so not, exciting. You're not around for that one? No. All hats are chairs, but not all chairs are hats. Wasn't that the same sort of the conversation? <laughs> so. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um... But, it's not not true. Um, <laughs> but if you threw a big bottle of champagne and like a fiberglass boat, wouldn't it just crack the hull or something? Probably, yeah. Novelty. No, because no, that boat's made out of jelly. Oh, just... <laughs> just bounces back. Just not embedded There's in the people sun. on the ship. Just <laughs> yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> just gives it a tiny bit of momentum enough to push it away from the dock and then... Yeah. And, but, then, but that and then just sits in there forever. The ripple would just, and you're just going to go like one person at the very end of the ship just gets rattled <laughs> off like. Ah! <laughs> uh, in the jelly boat universe, okay, so jelly boats. Yep, and jelly boats. Terrence. In the jelly boat universe, I've seen that show, kid show. Um, hmm? <laughs> any, any idea or an origin? Do you have an origin, Terence? I don't. Know. Okay, yeah. right. I've got three options. Three potential options for you. Thank you. Uh, the first, a boat was slang for a horse-drawn supply chain during World War Two. It could be a column made up of up to 100 horses, 
Pushing the boat out was the ceremonial and somewhat sad act of loosing the supply chain into contested areas on the understanding that a lot of animals wouldn't make it. I'm just thinking in The Simpsons where they're like, no, horses don't look like horses on telly. Like, you've got to sell tape a bunch of cats together. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely where Ben got the idea for his Not buddy. All, all animals it. are made out of cats. The yeah. second potential origin, other than the horse... A supply train that's nicknamed a boat mm-hmm. is pushing the boat out originated in 19th dynasty Egypt whereas a sign of respect to the god Happy, I love that name small boats would be pushed out from amongst the reeds on the Nile laden with gifts mm. 19th dynasty Egypt, if you were wondering, which I know you were is 1292 to 1189 so it's like you've googled you picked a date, Google what was going on there and they made <laughs> I like that name Egyptian gods <laughs> Dynasty Egypt. Hey, Smiley, I'll call him happy. <laughs> I do like the god happy. Happy's a real god. Um, the third potential origin, the phrase comes from the act of helping someone with a beached boat to push the boat out into the water. It's a sign of somewhat selfless generosity. So of those three, supply train, horses, um, god happy, or push boat out into the water, which one do you think push the boat out comes from? <laughs> It feels like the first one is definitely something you read about and you were like, that'll do for something to do with boats. It's vaguely boat-like. That's a thing. The second one Um, feels like it would have had to have had some connection that we would have like gone, ooh, that sounds like a good idiom. Like somebody read it like it was, um, but like it would need to have some sort of connection between 19th century, uh, 19th dynasty. Right. China. Egypt. 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 Got it. Forgot. Facts. Terence's um, strong suit since yeah. 1911. <laughs> I've got difficulty with time and memory. Um, it's not like you would go, oh, yeah, like pushing yeah, where's Tutankhamun the, where's the quote from Egypt? Where's the... How do you mean? What, how like, did how it do get to... How do we start using Oh, you mean that? how did it evolve into like being doing a selfless act? Just because it was done at ceremonies where they'd... Um, mm push out from amongst the reeds on the Nile laden with gifts. So it must have just been picked up in common lexicon. Right. And so there's a lot of obsession with this, like in the, at the start of last century, wasn't there? Where they went, or like 1920s when they went out looking for, um, they liked and Egypt. Like that. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, this sounds like it's quite an old tradition, but for us to have started using that as quite a common English idiom now, it must've been really like high up in the popular I mean, it is it right. is it is pushing for the oldest idiom we've ever had at at uh, twelve ninety two BC. Oh, okay. Denied. Pretty old. I'm Denied. going number Denied. three. Yeah, all, number three. All in for number three. All in. Number three. Number three. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. As far as I could tell, it was number three. Although it's kind of contested because it's more the case of the idiom's quite generic. Mm. Push the boat out. Um, and it's very visual. There's not you can't really make any metaphors from it. Yeah, it's like mm. so, sometimes you just don't know what the the kind of where it like you know where it started at yeah. the very specific point of but like why did they think that pushing a boat was and especially unless it was just boats are more expensive then or I, something I, I idioms did, are I did, the worst I did find <laughs> why we're doing this podcast <laughs> I don't know there's nothing's clear in the past <laughs> why is the past so hard Bonjour, hazy I did find one source without any citation whatsoever that said sailors were uh, sailors throwing wild parties before setting sail were known as pushing the boat out parties because they'd be pushing the boat out the next day. And it said that the saying has been figurative from the outset, so it never actually meant pushing the boat out. Well, that source was something like greasyidiom.com. So yeah. I wouldn't trust Greasy it. Greasyidiom. Greasyidiom.com. That's my stage name. <laughs> stage. That's an interesting um, show you would have there, considering your feelings about idioms. So dull. And the past. <laughs> so dull, and I'm so slippy. 
I mean, I'm sure the people appreciate that they appreciate this podcast. Listen to us for the idioms and not the tangent tangents. 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 The, tangen- <laughs> the tangential nature of what we do. Jesus Christ, With tangents. One example mm. has the phrase meaning buy drinks in a snippet from Jay Curtis' You're in Rocket, 1937. You're in Rocket. You're oh. in. Oh, right. Okay, you're, you're in a rocket. Very different tale. This bloke you're meeting. <laughs> this bloke you're meeting up the old jacket and vest tonight. Let him push the boat out, the bastard. The bastard? Uh, yeah, the bastard. I like yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, I think it's because it has a swear. It was Sean Bean. (laughs) (laughs) Sean Bean says bastard well. That's what we know. It's a fairly recent evolution that the phrase means more than just buying a round of drinks. So buying a round of drinks was the old form of it. Yeah, that used to be what it was just what it was for quite a while was just buying another round of drinks. Uh, Not a massively hard origin, to be honest. Uh, It was super popular around the 1980s. Weirdly, and I couldn't work out why. 1980. But there was uh, 1916 T. Burke's Limehouse Nights. T. Burke. Where he says, T. Burke. Where he says, going to push the boat out for me. And then he asks for a claret and soda. Claret and soda? Yeah. So like a Nothing hay like fever <laughs> drink. A claret and soda. I really need a claret. Well, today, uh, what actually. What I'd like it's... is actually to um, have a nice little nap. Yeah. Some claret and soda for me. So, yeah, I mean. <laughs> My eyes are so inflamed. I cannot see. <laughs> So, I mean, like unfortunately, unfortunately, it just wasn't a massively held origin on that one. It was kind of Boom. kind of dull. You look really sad. I don't, I don't As like if this ones. isn't the hundredth time this has happened. Well, yeah, but it doesn't happen to me. <laughs> mine, it doesn't happen to you. No, mine tends to be better than yours. Oh, well. That's, that's definitely an opinion. Yep, it's an opinion you can hold whilst raising your eyebrows in that way, imagining we're going to have an opinion on that. Some opinions can be facts. Deborah, remind us what your idiom was. To lead someone down the garden path. So yeah, tell me. Did you think of that when you were looking at the garden? Yes, I did. Okay. Well, I tend to choose something that I'm doing right now Mm -hmm. and then look up garden idiom or (laughs) rain idiom or something of that nature. Associative idiom. Yeah, basically. Right. In, on some course in that wonderful degree I can barely remember any of, Mm -hmm. there was... A certain point, a point of um, was it syntax, syntactic theory? It was all about um, leading people down the garden path. So you start one sentence, and halfway through the sentence, it just shifts so that the the actual entire structure of the object of the sentence changes. I wish I had an example right now, but it's, it's, a, quite it's a actually a psychologist term as well. Yeah? Psychologists use it to as a way of describing. Um, ah. Like when you start a sentence, to, it's almost like you're confusing people by doing mm. it. So you, you start out with the intention of confusing people with your sentence. Oh, yeah. Donald Trump. That's totally a thing. Mm. Exactly. So yeah, it's kind of like, uh, it makes for very confusing sentences as well. Actually. Do you have an example? Uh, I do not Shall have an example. One? Sure. Is it, like, is it like those old uh, the limericks, the whole, the barefooted man with shoes on stood sitting on the grass. A policeman held his foot up and said, you shall not pass. No. Mm. No. No, I don't not think like so. confusing There's, sentences. No. Okay. I don't think so, anyway. Let's ask the man who knew the word syntactic theory. Mm. I think that was the wrong course. It was another one. Okay. <laughs> uh, the horse raced past the barn fell. That's just a lack of punctuation. Yeah, exactly. The old man the boat. The old man... Yeah. <laughs> the old... The man old the man boat. the boat. The old people look after the boat. Just repeat. Oh! Yeah. See what I mean? Oh! His face. The complex houses married and single soldiers and their families. Oh, that just hurts my head. Stop. Yeah, yeah okay. it's really hard to... Yeah. It's all yeah. parsing. So See, it's I, about I how agreed. you parse a sentence and when do you... 
Oh, I, th- I, I would use lead someone down the garden path like that, so I'm probably just using it wrong, but I tend to use mm. it in the sense of... That's a very linguistic theory specific. There is a there is another th- one that's very more generic. Right, okay, because I'd use it more um, trying to help somebody get to the answer of a problem, um, mm. which could also be completely wrong, but mm. I'd use it in the sense of um, someone's trying to work something out. I know the answer, but maybe I'm using it as a teaching exercise mm-hmm. using computers computing as an example maybe i know the command that they need to run but i want them to get to it so i just like poke them and prod them with small mm-hmm. hints and get them to where they need to go could be completely wrong but i think that's why i'd use it i think I've, I've always used it in the in the other way like leading them astray almost yeah it's in it's a bit like it's tang- tangential yeah you know, it's just kind of going off and kind of leading them so you're just doing it in a cruel way you're just kind of misleading them yeah i'm, I'm not i'm not Purposely not a good person, basically. No, it doesn't sound it. Yeah, down that path of it. How big is this garden in this scenario? Well, your garden's pretty. How many paths do they have? You could get lost in that garden if you yeah. wanted. If you tried real hard. I mean, I mean, you'd have to be pretty inebriated. Yeah, <laughs> real inebriated. <laughs> and I am. <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> what I didn't say is the reason I'm here today and not at my house is because neither of you can drive right now. <laughs> oh yes, of course. <laughs> Um, My eyes okay. are so swollen. So, so what's the actual... Um, <laughs> Not so bad. What's the actual meaning? So I did see your version. Okay. Um, but let's say kind of a one in ten scenario where yeah. the other nine are people saying the way that's sort of like Terence. So it's deceiving someone or to send people misleading signals. Right. Okay. So yeah. it's a sort of cruel. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now that you've kind of thought about it a while... How would you say the phrase, say it back to me? Leading someone down the garden path. Yeah, down the garden path. Down the garden path, not up the path. No. Down the path. Is that like a, is down this going to be? Oh, is it up the garden path? Up the garden I path. I would have said down the garden path. I'd have said down the garden path as well. Yeah. Yeah. Is up it, is apparently British. Oh, I was going to say, is this a bloody yank, yeah. yank British device? And down is apparently uh, States and Australia. Uh, yeah. Uh. Sorry, guys. Apologies. I think I probably misled you by using down the path at the very beginning. Sam's just subliminal. Bloody, Sam's just had an aneurysm in Thailand somewhere. Yeah, he's he's just broken on the street. <laughs> no. Mm. I would say down the garden. I'd say up the, oh, I'd, maybe I would say up the garden. Me, no, I'd always someone, say down the garden. Me and you have always disagreed on when you use the word the term up and down the road, though, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. we always disagree on that. I'm going down the road. I'm say, going to like my friend's house down the right. road. Say you're in. Fallowfield, and you want to go into Russia. You're right? in Fallowfield, and you want to go into Russia. Yeah. yeah. And so you're going. All right. Would you say down to Russia, or would you say up to Russia? <sighs> so if I had no geographical bearing on where it was, I'd say up to. I don't know why. Because it's a slight slope. No. It's a very slight <laughs> slope. Very very slight. Also, it's north. If I know, if I know where I it is, no, I would never think to do up, like actual slight gradient in any. There's no geographical terminology to me. It's like up is further away from my house and down is closer. So if I'm going from Fallowfield to Rushholm, I'm going up, and if I'm going from Rushholm to Fallowfield, I'm going down because I'm closer to my house. That makes but, absolutely no sense, but it's what happens in so, my head whenever so we I do arrive. It. At yeah, the to be fair, well, the only reason we think of north is north is because of what was it? Um, Kepler, one of, one of the. Someone wrote a map in like 2,000 years ago and strapped a mag- magnet to a pigeon's we think face. Of north as, the reason why we think of north of, north as up is, um, oh, I forget his name, but he was 
He was one of these... Mr. He, Magnet. Sacrificed a cow. He was actually a... a, a what's the name? Uh, heliocentered and geocentered. Geocentered view of the universe being mm. when Earth is yeah. the centre. Um, he was one of the guys who was a big proponent of this, but he also on his maps drew north as up. And that's the reason why north is just in your head. Ah. When you look at a compass, you think up. of a compass as up. That makes sense. Yeah, it's just mm. perpetuated. Yeah, because I guess like... like Actually, there's no reason for us to think of it that way. No, because north, north is that way now. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all the associative things of the north being colder and stuff, when actually... It's interesting as well, thinking about that. You mean, do you mean like the British divide of like... Yeah. The north versus the south? Well, just ve- various things of like, I don't know, in your head, those are the I kind of things. Dragons. It's just associative, isn't it? Amusingly, amusingly, most countries have a north-south divide instead of like an east-west divide. Mm-hmm. Geographically, mm-hmm. the majority of countries that have some sort of divide, like Italy's the same, North Korea is the obvious example. Just countries don't tend to have left-right, east-west divides, they tend to have north-to-south divides. And do they often have the same or like bigger weather changes in the north and the south than they do east-west? It tends to be long. Not always. I think it tends to be long countries as well. So like Japan is, is the same and it's got very, not very different climates, but it's got relatively different climates yeah. in the north and the south. So yeah, maybe. Argentina. I mean, we're just, I mean, the northerners are just better Chile. in the UK. So there is that. <laughs> Leading someone down the garden path. Yes. So to continue, um, there are kind of a few theories on like a vague origin. I'll tell you the specific one that we actually have. But I'd like you to guess which one is the fake that no one talked about. Okay. You want us to guess which one's wrong? Yes. Explicitly wrong. Yes. Okay. Because okay. there's been a, there, like lots of people who tried to kind of apply a theory about why it might have been this down the garden path kind of thing. Right. But um, I've snuck in one that I've made up. Mm. So I'd like you to find the falsity. Cool. Cool. Fine. They're false. probably all false, but this isn't one that I found as an actual example of being false, so it's fine. <laughs> right, so. Right. So, there's kind of an association between garden paths and deception, and the theory is that um, there were closed or veiled marriages where an ugly woman was married without the man seeing their face. So, marriages often took place in gardens, so it was kind of like the deception of being in a garden and women sneaking you there to marry you off when actually they're ugly faces dun 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 floating ugly faces yes like the face of both <laughs> exactly actually just a, a harem of ugly faces like the face of- hidden in a shroud oh. did you just make a doctor who reference yeah. yes i did okay fine continue always and forever um next one so someone being distracted by the beauty of the garden and therefore easily fooled Mm. Which feels very 18th century. Like, no one is being fooled by a garden at <laughs> Hello, any point. Hello, good friend. Hey, hey, you're a daisy. <laughs> hey, Sounds you like, can't take my shares. Sounds like a secret garden or something like that. Was it yeah. a secret garden? Mm. Yeah. Okay. That was a book, wasn't it? I think it was. What, a secret, secret garden, garden of yeah, yeah, little yeah. women. Hello. Those are very, very different stories. <laughs> now we're just talking about women in, like, those kinds of dresses. Edwardian, and that's the only Ed, thing they have in common in the stories. Edwardian style dresses. Little women and the railway children. Well, little women is in America. Let's just get this straight. <laughs> little women is in America, and it's quite tragic. The railway children is set in Britain. Very different period of time. But they're all time. in a secret garden. Who would know? <laughs> There's a railway just track because, going down. It's like HS2 I, all over again, isn't it? Just because ITV made a drama about it in the late 90s does not make it the same era or setting. But the guy on the train then goes off and. Jurassic Park though, doesn't he? (laughs) 
no, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he, does. <laughs> he doesn't make that happen. Right, third one. Ready? It's David Attenborough's brother, wasn't it? Mm, Richard Attenborough. Mm. Mm. Good guy. Horrible sense of scientific responsibility. <laughs> 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 like with dollar bills. <laughs> Someone should make that film. I think he's dead. I don't think he'd be. <laughs> that would be, yeah, pretty bad. Okay. Um. So the last one. Yep. You could continue to do that if you want. Um. It's just couples finding secret places in gardens to have lovers' trysts, and um, and sort of breaking up and making up and that being something that kind of continues on. I feel like you like the word tryst because you use it a lot. Yeah. Tryst and out. Do I? Yeah. So I think I'm going to go for number three as being the fake one. I think I've heard the first one as being a legitimate explanation at some point in my life. Yeah. So I don't, so I think the first one's real. The second one's kind of vague enough to be real that somebody would have retroactively applied something to it. Yeah. So I'm going to go for the last one as being the one that you made up. Okay. Tez? Number one. <laughs> Numero uno. For why? Can't remember. <laughs> about I women stealing people in the garden. Women stealing people. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that there was There was a true. lot of concern in the past about what women could and couldn't do. But one thing that they were very sure about was about you go in the garden and they steal you for marriage. That's true. It's real but, facts. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so, so that's the one you think I made up. That's the real one. No, that's not what we were doing. Oh, let's trust again then. Let's <laughs> trust again then. Well, that's made up like we did last summer. Okay. You ready? You caught me at Trist. Ah, Damn it. Yeah. Obviously, I have to watch out my use of the word Trist because that's <laughs> what let me. And now I have to go back and listen to old podcasts and be like, use Trist again, man. Supercut incoming. <laughs> trist, 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 Trist. trist, trist. I don't have a one-track mind. Just you know, a tristy one. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's not like Terence and pirates. Like there's just there's just certain themes. <laughs> as long as as long as Terence is talking about pirates, Captain, I'll be trap myself in the cannon again. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't light the fuse. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody clear this mess. Did you have um, a secret life that I didn't know? <laughs> cabin boy. Cab- secret cabin tales boy. Of the cabin boy upon the seas. Maybe that could be our next podcast. <laughs> Terence, the secret cabin boy. I've sellotaped myself to the hole again. Oh, no. <laughs> Sellotape doesn't do well in water. <laughs> cabin boy. <laughs> Sorry. What was I saying? It feels like it should be a skit on Blue Peter. So Trist was the one that you made up, Mm. so the others were potential. Okay, so therefore. Paper sounds. Paper sounds. (laughs) (laughs) If you just add in some generic paper sounds, that would be great. Hmm? When was it first published? Year? 1943. When does it pop up? Yep. Um, you were going very Edwardian with yours, so 1907. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, I'm going to go Victorian. No, but they didn't have gardens. <laughs> we didn't have gardens in Victoria. Well, yeah, less of them. Fine. 1882. 1882. Yeah. That's specific. 1926. Uh, first published. So. I mean, I won. Um, in time. We that's, closer. That's Edwardian, isn't it? 1926? Yeah. Mm, what's that? 1910s. It's Edwardian, I think, because... Uh, oh I don't God. know where the coronation was. I'm not I'm Pre- not that au fait with our history. King no. Edward. 
that would be the king. Yeah, the, the first King Edward. The first. Which was which was he? Was he King Edward like the third or something? <laughs> what we found a hole in our knowledge and history. Yeah, shocking, Goodness me, we'll have to fix this immediately. Someone's been here before. <laughs> we definitely need that's, to do. That's where all this wealth came from. <laughs> we definitely need to do a podcast on British monarchy next. Maybe time. we should just do a podcast about um, our lack of history knowledge <laughs> and us trying to find out some things about the past. But that's us. In that's what we're doing now. Ways. Just yeah, but we're doing this. In, we're doing it in a roundabout fashion where we kind of do it by mistake. Yeah, this is a podcast ostensibly about idioms, Terence. Yeah, oh, where yeah. we could do one ostensibly about history yeah. and then accidentally talk about idioms. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> we covered this once in that one episode. Again. I was like, we're really bad at idioms, <laughs> and we are. And that's okay. And that's all right. 19, okay, so 1926. It was in Ethel Morning Sounding Brass. And it refers to women leading men up the garden for the purposes of seduction. And this Ooh. is super grim as far as quotes go. Oh. But it's, um, they're cheats. That's what women are. Lead you up the garden and then go sniveling around because with what's natural has happened to them. <gasps> Ooh. So. Bit rapey. It's a bit rapey. Um, so they were like, they led us up the garden path and we. And then, you know. It was their own fault. We is did that what, what is that we what did. That's what they're saying. Well, maybe. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be read that way. It could be that, like, they're upset because they don't end up going out with them or something or getting married or... I don't know the context, so you can read it uh, very, like... Maybe I mean, we should read Ethel Marning's Sounding Brass, but I feel like I don't really want to. Just, just got it on to read. They're cheats. That's what women are. Lead you up the garden and then go snivelling around because what's natural has happened to them. Oh. It's all very sad times. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good things. Um, no matter how you read it, it's not a happy thing. I but I don't context. know. We need context. Yeah, we definitely need context around that quote. Interesting. Go and find the context. Though. Okay, I'll find the context and I'll um, add in a five-minute <laughs> contextual <laughs> essay at the end of the podcast. For the benefit of the listeners. Here. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever listened to the um, podcast? Yes. Yeah, that mm, one. No. Oh, what's it called? Adam Buxton podcast, where uh, in, in the middle of the podcast, if he says something... That uh, he later finds out he's wrong. He just intersperses with this, oh, fact-checking Santa here. <laughs> and just like reads out this thing. Oh, Merry Christmas. I think a couple, of them, a couple of them do that. There's a couple of YouTubers that do it. Uh, Kevin's one of them. And then CGP Grey on Kevin. Hello Internet. Just Kevin. Oh. Kevin the YouTuber. Call me Kevin. Um, CGP Grey on Hello Internet. Like Occasionally you get a little interlude in the middle of Hello Internet. I think you like that one. It's a good oh, podcast. Okay. Okay. Cool. I like stuff. <laughs> Anything else? I held a pencil once. <laughs> That's it. That's my that's my lot. That's it. Depressing I hate, end. I hate pencils. Nice. Yes. <laughs> you hate pencils even like a 4B? Just essentially flaking away. It's like embers. Why would you like a 4B? Oh, no, so I don't. Soft, I like, don't like, is that the one that's like a really thick one? Thick. Mm, I, don't, like, I don't like pencils because as a kid, when I used to draw with them, uh, draw. When I used to draw with them, I'd get um, like... <laughs> you saying proper, that really weird now? I, don't, I, don't I used to draw with the pencils. <laughs> I'd draw with pencils. I'd get like um, goosebumps from using them, and I never understood why. And it's just the scraping of the lead against the paper. Oh, right, yeah. right, right, right. It just, it just used to go right through me. You know, like nails on a chalkboard, yeah. that sort of thing. It just went straight through me. And teachers couldn't understand why I just hated the idea of writing it. It's because we were forced to use pencils. Yeah. And I, I primary school. I just rebelled and used biros. In primary school? Yeah. Fair. Yeah, I got sold off for it. My handwriting's atrocious, so it probably didn't help matters. Mm. Oh, no. Smudgy. Mm. Smudgy. Terence, what was your idiom? Uh, take it with a grain of salt. No. Take it. Season it <laughs> properly, <laughs> Deborah. Only one single grain, though. Like, that's not a full seasoning. Just, the one. Just a light seasoning of so, one grain. When would you use it? 
Uh, I'd use it if somebody's suggesting something that I don't quite believe with. So in the politics world, if a mm. politician makes an assertion... <laughs> what, politics? No. Yeah, surprising. If a, if a politician makes an assertion, like Jeremy Hunt this week, saying that we'll all blame the EU if Brexit goes badly, which oh, we yeah. won't. Which we won't. We'll no. blame, we'll blame possible, the we might blame Jeremy Hunt. We're going to put you in a cage, Mr Hunt. <laughs> yeah, you cage. <laughs> and then we'll hunt you. We'll hunt you like the Jeremy Hunt in you are. Cage? <laughs> in his walking mechanical cage nightmare. <laughs> we could take, set Nicholas Cage on him. That'd be quite good. Good movie. Um, it's definitely one that. I'm a cage. cat. I'm a sexy cat. <laughs> <laughs> or if you haven't seen Community, that doesn't make any sense. No, I'm no, not so, so sorry. No, no, no sense. No. Um, but context. Use it with the context very well be in here. Use it with a grain of salt is when you don't quite believe something that somebody said, or you you're right. you, you're thinking okay. that they've got ulterior motives potentially, and you don't believe it. But do you have to accept it in that instance? You, I, th- I feel like you accept it because you've got no alternative. Okay, so but you, with a healthy degree of skepticism. But with this, yeah, skepticism is yeah. definitely a good word around that. Yeah, right. Good word, I like that word. Right. Skepticism sounds like it's got Latin roots. Skeptis. All right, then. Skepticism. I'll let you look that up. Skepticism. Um, grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah, it's like um, a grain's quite. Mm. I think I've heard it pinch of salt before. Yeah. But that's kind of like it's got different connotations. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of like with a little bit of trust. Just a little bit. A tiny bit of trust, not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so just a little bit of trust with a whole lot of like, I don't agree. Yeah, basically. But you're like, you know, I'll, right, I'll, okay. I'll give it a try. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll look into it is yeah. more the kind of, it's like reading a Facebook post. I'll believe you like, for now. I'm going to mm. read, I'm going to read the thing you've shared, but then I'm going to read 10 other articles. Yes. To give me some context <laughs> on the thing that you are describing. And then maybe I'll understand the, the whole context of the thing. You, you mean I'll read this one post from realclimatechange.com. Yep. And then I'll go and check, you know, the BBC or NASA. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Straight up there. Just kind of like. Don't believe NASA. What, what, so why salt? <laughs> or climate change. No, I had an idea about this. I suspect it comes from the whole, you know, the adage of having an angel and a devil on your shoulder. Mm. And if you say something, if you, people use it, if they swear, like in, in or if they say something that's libelous, um, they throw a pinch of salt over their shoulder to, yeah. to hit the devil in the eye. Well, that mm-hmm. was, it was the implication I always got from that. Like you put, throw a pinch of salt over your shoulder. So I think a pinch of, pinch of shot, pinch, pinch of shot, a, a grain of salt, <laughs> a grain of salt in this particular case is, is the same origin is that saying so having a devil on your shoulder throwing salt at mm. them it's something negative and that's the connotation i um, think that's what do you remember when we did salt of the earth and we kept talking about how salt kept coming back up in like uh pagan rituals and things like yeah, that and it was a currency and, and it had a lot of value and stuff but way back that was the yeah the salary that's where that salary comes ah, yes. from but um where people used to like put salt circles and things like that used to keep uh evil yeah. out yeah. Mm. you still see that in places like that um, but yeah, no, I do remember. Maybe not, not that. No. no, no, you don't remember that. So let me find some examples, right? Are we guessing some things? more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so uh, okay. So the first one is it just came from a um, a, a famous cookery show in the 1980s. Uh, Oprah Winfrey had a show before she did her main cookery show or her main talk show. So she uh, was that face just. The context is beautiful. The context is beautiful. Yeah, and it was just a famous saying that she used to say. A grain of salt. Right, okay. But, but oh, that God. has no connotation whatsoever to the actual no, saying. It's just, she was really popular, so it just took off in America and then people started using it. And associated it with lies. Okay. <laughs> associated it with lies. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay. Yeah. Right. I'll, I'll so, buy it. Yep. That okay. one, that one's real. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely that one. <laughs> Go on. Did you like say Harriet is pick it up and then it just really took off in Britain? <laughs> Hello. Uh, Mr. Like. Pepper and grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, next one was in uh, 1792, uh, Louis XVI, who was the last king of before the French Revolution. Uh, made, you uh, look really uh, proud that you just learned that information. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. I know this now. Louis the Sixteenth, last king of France before the Revolution, which also happened after his reign. Right? It was conveniently the Louis Louis, the most Louis Louis. <laughs> Louis. <laughs> That's what I imagine he sounds like. Okay. But he was um, so uh, Louis the Sixteenth. He was the last king of all of the French people before <laughs> French the. Uh, I was total king before the Revolution, and he goes, got killed. I don't know how he died. Anyway, so he... He drowned. <laughs> he drowned. He drowned, yeah. It was pretty... Totally dead. Yeah. So uh, he was uh, trying to host uh, the government of the Electorate of Mainz, which was one of the... Because there was Prussia, and then there was lots of little bits that weren't Prussia around Germany, I think. Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah. Which is really weird. Uh, Germany anyway. wasn't formed until much yeah, yeah, later exactly. than well, a lot of the other places. Yes, exactly. So this was the Electorate yeah, of Mainz. Right. It, it used to be like an old Roman kind of thing. So, like, descendant from, from there. Well, mm-hmm. that little area was, anyway. So, um, and he was trying to host them, and he was making loads of outrageous requests to his chefs to uh, impress them. And he was saying that, like, I only need a single piece of salt, because at that time, like, salt was, they were really ostentatious about it. They would just put it on everything. But he kind of wanted, wanted to be a bit more like the people and did it the other way around. But anyway, so they found it absolutely ridiculous, and and all of his actions were kind of crazy. Uh, and it led to the siege of Mainz in 1792. Okay. Yeah. That was a complex. Yeah, that was. Is that... Okay. Are they the two options? No, there's a third one. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm ready. I'm prepared now. This okay. is exciting. Got Oprah Winfrey. Got Louis the Sixteenth. Who else could we get? <laughs> right. Come on down! Henry VIII. <laughs> so, and this one is um, in... Uh, it was even older... <laughs> and, it, and it was from it was it an was old aged. abstract uh, thing where uh, there was a they used to use poisons. Uh, they didn't used to use poisons. They used to try and cure them all over the place because everyone hated poison. I'm sure you people, do. I'm sure our listeners try, hate poison, right? People try and cure poisons. That's what we know. Yeah, mm. right. So, um, and seventy-two ingredients on this list. Okay. That turns you to look dead in the eye. <laughs> 72 <laughs> ingredients. I'm ready. Right? Okay. Uh, and the last one was uh, take two dried walnuts, two figs, 20 leaves of rue, which is like a plant, like a Balkan plant, which they used to use to treat snake bites for whatever reason. Uh, pound them together with the addition of a grain of salt. And people started using it. So take it with a grain of salt is literally take this remedy with a pinch of salt. Which is just the end of the... Which is just the end of the recipe. Yeah. Huh. Was it an effective poison remedy? I think everyone died. <laughs> <laughs> is that why a grain of salt is not to be trusted? Yeah. I see. Interesting. Uh, Oprah Winfrey. Definitely Oprah Winfrey. No question. All, all Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, no, totally. no context necessary. I mean, she's the queen, so yeah. Going all in. Yeah. Um, it's definitely two or three. I feel like... I feel like you did a lot of research about Louis the Sixteenth, and then tried to add in a bit about a grain of salt to make it legitimate. Why um, would I do that? <laughs> I don't know. It's quite exciting, though. It's quite an interesting thing to have done. Researching um, salt. <laughs> um, I'm laughing because he looks completely incredulous. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. 
<laughs> you good? You got this? I'm good. My eyes still this. in my head. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with um, dubious poison remedy number three. I'm all in. You're correct. Yay! He tried to make it harder by saying, oh, it, this one is from the past. This one <laughs> that, was his, uh, that was his very clever way of making it. Um, so, as Ben would say, were you throwing smoke? Uh, so it comes from... When was it? A translation. Oh, you know, you asked me. You asked yeah, me when, yeah. when it was. So when was it? Yeah. Um, it feels like Black Deathy. Black Deathy. Black yeah, Deathy. It feels like Black Deathy, and I don't know when the Black Death was. 1300s. 1300s. Let's go for 1300s. Really old. Uh, really, was, really old. I was going to go 1552. Okay. Oh, it's 77 AD, so you're both wrong. Wow, that's really, really different in time. I was closer. Right. So this that's when... <laughs> yeah, that's... So that's not necessarily... That's the takeaway here, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah, 600 years, not watching it. Yeah. So you, that's you the, got this, guy. That's the first time that was mentioned, but it's not how we use it since... No, most part. Because in this list, right, so people, are, it, I th- I'm fairly sure this translation was just literal. It was like, and a grain of salt. Yep. That's it. That would make sense. Um, so it was from a translation of an old text by Pliny the Elder. Pliny. Pliny the Elder. Good guy. Right. Yeah, that guy. So uh, he translated an ancient text that concerned uh, an antidote to a poison um, due to, the, it was around Pontus. Is there a place called Pontus? It was like around Turkey. It was like an area around there. And Could there was be. lots of people. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Mithridates. There was a palace of Mithridates in it. And essentially, this guy called Pompey was seizing that. Pretty sure Pliny the Elder is the reason we know about pyroclastic flows from uh, volcanoes. Because oh. he was the one yeah. who, He was the one who wrote about Pompey. That makes sense. An explosion there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you uh, you take the two dried walnuts... Essentially, in this book called Naturalis Historia, so it was essentially just collating all the kind of old knowledge or whatever. Uh, to to a dem walnuts, that's what he says. Dem figs. To a dem figs. Twenty leaves of rue. Uh, and pound them all together with the addition of a grain of salt. Do you think and the rue I, is actually just yeah. tiny Michelle Rue Juniors? Yes, almost certainly. Just smiling like he's never and then smiled just before. Smash them in a bowl. I've learned to smile. <laughs> and I'm going to present all these shows and nobody's. Like me. Uh, if a person takes this mi- mixture fasting, he will be proof against all poisons for that day. Just one day. Yeah, so you have to have that every day. I think it just says from that day forward, maybe. So we're we thinking that salt then would have been more like what you get as a sea salt kind of. Probably. Imagine a grain would yeah. be like one big flat grain rather yeah. than your just like a salt, big rock. Which would be almost impossible to like. Just like a horse's salt lick. Yeah. Um, I think we did have that discussion around the sort of the wage and stuff because the salt isn't as pure either, is it? It's just like yeah. clumps of sort like of grind, grind rock salt. salt, basically. Yeah. So people started using that phrase mm. for a long time, going off this old kind of book, and then the medieval people started going, started adding in the bit of skepticism about it. They turned it into a proper uh, idiom. Yeah, kind of like that. But the original, so the the main medieval translation was "cum grano salis." Uh, but the original was Adito Salis Grano. So the, the way they translated it, just with a grain of salt, as opposed to with the addition of a single grain of salt. So they added in, like, they started using it in a different way. Well, in the 17th century, in, uh, it was first translated in English in John Trapp's commentary on the Old and New Testaments. And he said, this is to be taken with a grain of salt. 
Nice. Yeah, exactly. And then Pinch of Salt is the UK version. Ah. Which is very different. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But so, it's ancient Roman anyway, so it's not like it makes that much of a difference. Well, well the way we say it. Depends well. On, depends on how much <laughs> you believe ancient Romans come through our language. Well, strangely, this the book that it came from was by, uh, or the earliest example that people could find, was F.R. Cowell's 1948 book, Cicero and the Roman Republic. So it's kind of come full circle then. Uh, well, kind of. I mean, nobody read it and then time traveled back into that you know of. That I know of. I'd never it claim to say that nobody did circle, do it. Rather than thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes, stars in the Overcast app, or leave a rating in the podcast player of your choosing. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MFOR Podcast, or feel free to email us on cast at zy.io. Relevant links from this episode are in the show notes, and our social media accounts are at the bottom. Thanks for listening to this production by Vamp Nation, Money for Old Rope, a podcast ostensibly about idioms. Thank you.